0: This is Life Transformation Radio. Prepare to engage. Seatbelt activated. 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 Download initiated. initiated. Your quantum journey of transformation begins in three, two, 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 two one.
1: We are live on Clubhouse. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. I'm Rob Actis, selling author of The Law of Action, voice actor, business mindset coach, the podcast Whisper, and Mr. Action himself. Life Transformation Radio is heard in over 90 countries. Thank you for joining us from all around the world. Whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to Life Transformation Radio for some time, I want to personally thank you. Here at Life Transformation Radio, we are committed to share more about real life, love, the power of positivity, romance, and of course, laughter. We care about helping others find their internal drive and purpose. We celebrate life challenges and overcoming them. On the show, my guests are amazing people who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of transformation. My guest today, he does just that. Today, Kyle Lao Singh. Well, we discuss the power of choices and the impact that can have on your life. If you want to learn about the power of your choices The dangers of drugs And learn from Kyle's haunting past To influence you to make the right choices This is the show for you From a 98-pound crystal meth addict Doing the unthinkable to fuel his addiction Escaping jail to get high And becoming a fugitive on a Hawaii's most wanted Well, Kyle hit rock bottom And his future seemed doomed Everyone gave up on him including himself. Because of his crimes fueled by his crystal meth addiction, he ended up doing 10 years in a high custody prison. And that's the beginning of the story. Kyle, welcome to Life Transformation Radio.
2: Aloha, brother Rob from Hawaii. That was amazing. That was a beautiful introduction, my man.
1: Thank you. Glad to have you here, man. Hey, so we met on Clubhouse right here in a room very similar to this, and I felt it was a great thing to do, to do it right back on Clubhouse. So thank you for listening, and thank you for the audience today here on Clubhouse. And uh, Kyle, thank you for being here today.
2: You're welcome, my man.
1: All right, so that's pretty heavy stuff, man. That's that's a lot, and your photograph is, is intense. And I was doing a little background search on you, and it's amazing to see the mayor of Hawaii say that you were a fugitive and you're on Hawaii's most wanted. And now he says, and I highly endorse him to speak at your school. Like
2: that's yep.
1: a transformation. Yep.
2: God is so good. Before Mitch Rock became the mayor, he was the head prosecutor. He, he put me in prison and he, he threw the hammer at me and it, it's just amazing home. How God works.
1: Wow, wow, that's incredible. So, from prosecutor to mayor to endorsing you to speak at high schools—that's that's a hell of a transformation. Mm-hmm. So, where did it yes, happen? It is amazing. So, where did it happen? So, how did it start? How did you? What was your life like? Like, what what was your childhood like in in Hawaii?
2: Okay, I grew up in Hawaii. And my grandfather raised me as a child. His name was George Martin. He was the chief of police. And he, he raised me with morals. He raised me with respect and etiquette and love and all that good things. He also instilled in me the rules at a very young age. And having that, my grandfather the chief of police was, was quite beneficial. And one thing that my grandfather taught me was a game of golf. At three years old, he put a golf club in my hand. And I instantly fell in love with golf. I've been golfing all my life. I started golfing and I played against Tiger Woods till I was 16 years old. Wow. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, I won-
1: you pl- so when you were a child, you were a kid, you played against t- Tiger Woods when he was growing yes. up and starting to do golf? Yep. That's amazing. Tiger
2: Woods, Tiger Woods is one year younger than me. His name is Elgic.
1: Wow. And he was living yeah. in Hawaii at the time.
2: No, he lives in Florida. So he's, he was just, okay, were you in Florida? Or were you in Hawaii? No, I'm going to share with you what how, how this thing worked. And I won six state titles, and I, I, I was ranked fourth in the world. And every state in the United States or in the world, they have a state tournament. And the top golfer from each state represents their state, and they fly to Anaheim, California, and they compete in a junior world tournament. Wow. So I, I represented Hawaii for six years. Tiger Woods represented his state for six for as long as he did. And every year we would battle. We would battle each other. And he used to call me Pineapple just because I'm from Hawaii. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And did you ever he's beat him? one year younger than me. Did you ever beat him? Yeah, we, we yeah. I, I have pictures of me and him. And the when I when I was ranked fourth in the world, just so happens he was ranked first. Wow. But just, just to let you know, that that tournament was a three day tournament. The first two days I was in the league. And the pressure of the last day was just too much for me as a child. And the cameras came out and the people came out and and it, it got the best out of me. But I came for it. I came fourth in the world and I, I was content with that. And Taiga came first. Wow. Now and, okay, so yeah. how old were you then? How old were you then? I started playing against him since I was 10. He okay. was nine. Okay. Till 16. Till 16 years old. So were you on the straight and narrow? Were you a good kid? Straight and narrow, honorable student. My grandfather was the chief of police and he he mentored me as a child. And I was well-liked here in Hawaii. And here in Hawaii, I was the kid that was going to put Hawaii on the map. I had the support from the entire state of Hawaii. That kid, Kyle, got a bright, promising future. And we support him. And my life was beautiful. My life was beautiful. I had, At 10 years old, I made a goal for myself. At 10. When I won, when I won my first state and when I was ranked in the world, I made my first goal. At 10 years old, I was sitting on a stone wall in my backyard looking into the golf course. And I told myself, I'm going to win everybody in junior golf. I'm going to high school. I'm going to beat everybody in high school. I'm going to college. I'm going to beat everybody in college. I'm going to turn pro and I'm going to buy me a mansion. That was my goal at 10 years old. 10 years old, I had that goal. And in order to achieve my goal, I had to do what I had to do, which was be smart in school, do good in school. I needed to put in the work. So I would golf before school. Just so happens I live right on the golf course. The sixth hole is nice. the, my backyard. So I would before school, I would pick up my golf clubs right when the sun came up. And I would go and I would play. Until my mom used to yell or my grandma my grandpa. School. Then I used to come home, walk over the wall, put down my golf clubs, pick up my backpack and go to school. Honor roll student. Come home from school, do my homework, pick up my golf bag, right back in the golf course. and. I put in the work, I put in the work and I put my heart into it. Everything is golf. Everything growing up was golf. Wow. And yeah, and in high school, so I was beating everybody in junior golf. High school came, fast forward, beating everybody. My junior year, I started getting numerous, numerous college offers, numerous. Oh, I bet. And every letter that came to me, my head got filled with pride, got filled with ego, and I became a different person. Every time my mailbox would be full of all these scholarship offers, the thing got me. So I walked to school and I was walking around campus like a different person. Like I was the man. Yeah, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be rich. That's not a mentality that I developed. And then the teachers, they seen seeing one change in me. And they used to tell me, Kyle. You better relax, bro. You better, you better put your ego and your pride in check, bro. And my response to them was, bro, not tell me what for do. You just don't teach it, bro. I'm going to be a millionaire. No tell me what for do. And that was my mentality, bro. That was my mentality. And the teachers used to tell me, what happened to you, Kyle? What happened to you? Bro. And long story short is I did something bad my senior year of school, which got me kicked out. Got me kicked out of high school. Six months to graduation.
1: Wow.
2: I got expelled. And I pleaded with the principal. And he said, you should have thought about that before you did what you did. And that's it. I got kicked out. And that's just the beginning of my story. And before I got kicked out of school, like I said, I had the support of the whole entire state backing me up. Because I was going to put Hawaii on the map. Like how Tiger put his right. home on the map. Right. And so now I got kicked out of school. Where the word traveled fast. With here in the islands, fast. Oh, so you heard about Kyle? He got kicked out. What? Bro, that kid, I don't know. So whatever, wherever I went, to the supermarket and my mom, oh, Kyle, we heard what happened. You dumb, man. Uh, yeah. I go to the beach with my friends with a barbecue. Oh, Kyle, heard what happened to you. Oh, you blew your ride, yeah? Oh, you dumb. Wow. Everywhere been,
1: I went. it must have been pretty difficult.
2: Yeah, yeah. And bro, I put in so much work, bro, since I was three years old. And now my, my life came crashing down and altered, altered. So I couldn't handle anymore. Wherever I went, all these negative remarks to me, I couldn't handle. Yeah. So I just turned 18 years old. And I couldn't handle, so I told my mom, mom, I gotta get out of here, Ma. I cannot handle, bro, going out and dealing with these people, bro. She said, son, where you like go? I said, son, I said, Ma, I go to Alaska. At that time, at 18 years old, feeling the way I felt, I thought Alaska was my answer because that's opposite from Hawaii. That's no. the farthest place I knew of.
1: Yeah. So I said,
2: Ma, I go to Alaska. She said, Who you know in Alaska, son? I said, No, nobody, nobody, Ma. I just gotta go. Her words to me was son, you better not sleep on this tonight tomorrow morning you get up and you let me know if you let go son I'm gonna buy a one-way ticket you understand understand I went to my room I I couldn't even sleep I just went to and process my mind was going I w- I got up the next morning I looked at my mom and I said mom I going I let go remember what I said now son do not call me back and tell me you' stuck you understand understand she bought me a one-way ticket she dropped me after to the airport and I left 18 years old Six times state champ, ranked third in the world. Don't know anything but golf, and I left. And I went to Alaska. I reached Alaska with two backpacks. Eighteen years old. I reached Alaska. Now what? Now what I gonna do?
1: That's a big difference. That's a big difference. So what was it? Yeah, so- was it what was the weather like in Hawaii? And what was it like in Alaska when you when you left and when you arrived in Alaska?
2: Oh, uh, Alaska, Hawaii is the same. Is every day is the same. Yeah. Or it drops a few degrees, it raises a few degrees, but it's all, other than that, it's the same. So always in so the when 70s. So I went to Alaska. Yeah. So when I went to Alaska, maybe like 60, 60s, I was cold. I remember being cold. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because I, I want, I want island boy. I, I'm, I'm an island boy. I got you. So, I was at the airport for like 18 hours, stranded, not knowing what to do. Thinking to myself, I think you made a bad choice, Kyle. My mom's voice kept on playing in my head. Oh, yeah. You better not call me, son, and tell me you're stuck. You understand? So that option was out. So I just was sitting there at the airport, sitting there, and I was getting desperate. And I was sitting on a curb at the airport, and these two people from Hawaii, they, they had on plane. They caught on plane to Hawaii, too. That day it was just Hawaii planes, Hawaii flights. And then this guy looked at me, he said, Oh, I'm Hawaiian, you're right, oh, I'm. I look up at him, and I told him, No, bro. No, I'm not all right because I'm from Big Island and i stuck. I don't know nobody, bro. He said, bro, grab your bag, bro. Let's go. I grabbed my bags and I followed this guy. That's my, till today, that's my friend. And I went, we went to one trailer and I was, I, I, I was in Alaska for five years. I had three beautiful sons. Oh, wow. They're all men, now. And I was in Alaska. One day, Rob, one day I wake up in the middle of the night with a voice in my head telling me, Kyle, go home. Go home. So the girl I was with at the time, I look at her and I said, you know what? I'm going home. She told me, you're having a bad dream, but you are home. I said, no, listen, this is not my home, bro. My home is Hawaii. And I'm going to take my kids. And you can come with us if you like but I went home. Wow! And she didn't support me and she said, okay. I called my mom in Hawaii five years later. I said, Ma, I allowed I, I to come home. I, she said, son, come home, son. Oh. Come home. So I jumped on a plane with my kids and I came back home to Hawaii where I was born and raised my whole life. I landed in Hawaii right in the middle of the crystal meth epidemic. Mm. And Wherever I went, I saw my friends, skinny, malnutrition, ugly looking. And everybody had a crystal meth pipe in their hand. And I don't know nothing about crystal meth. I don't know about nothing. When I was in high school, I don't smoke cigarette, I don't drink beer. I don't smoke weed. Not even banana leaves down the river. Nothing. Because I wanted to be on pro. Right. So I had to keep my body strong too. So I don't know nothing about drugs. I'm still not into drugs or alcohol or anything. Yeah, so no matter, it was just a matter of time because I live on an island. Yeah. Wow. Matter of time, everybody was telling me, hey, like, try this. Nah, nah, good. I'm good. Thank you. But like I said, it was a matter of time. The crystal mint pipe went right into my mouth and I did them just because everybody was doing them. And then when I blew out the crystal mint smoke, Rob, I blew out everything that was instilled in me. All the morals that I l- learned from my grandpa. Every good thing in me instantly came out with that crystal meth smoke and i instantly became an addict and i did what was necessary for fuel my addiction and i terrorized my home and when you say I you terrorized your home
1: that, not your your home yeah. with your family you're talking hawaii you terrorized hawaii, oh, hawaii. that's what ha- i mean hawaii. hawaii
2: yeah hawaii yeah and i i did things that I never thought I would do. And yeah, I became labeled many things. I've been put on the news and the newspapers. And this time it wasn't for golf. Wow. It was if you see Kyle Singh, please don't try and apprehend him. Call 911, this and this, this and this. They labeled me Hawaii's most wanted. They labeled me a one-man crime wave. Mitch Rock labeled me that when he was the prosecutor.
1: A one-man crime wave.
2: That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And now, were you in contact with your family when all this was going down? No, no.
2: I I just left and I just went on a mission. Wow! And I passed my mom's house every day, and I sh- I should see her outside in the yard, and I would be high like on kite and with a stolen truck, and just a menace.
1: How long, a how long, did, how long, how long were you running wild in Hawaii? How long were you running four wild? Year,
2: four years, four years. I ran amok. Wow. And my charges was, I stole like 400 trucks. I burped like 200 houses just on a mission, bro. I did everything but rape and murder. And wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so unbelievable. I live on an island, so it's just a matter of time. Four years was, it's kind of long to be wanted in Hawaii, because like I said, we live on an island. Take me two hours to drive to one side of the island, two yeah. hours back. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a matter of time. Four years, five high speed chases later, they caught me.
1: Okay, so you got Finally. away do you got away from you? Had, we're in a high speed chase in Hawaii, and you actually got away.
2: Oh, many times, bro. Many times and. Wow, that's and amazing. Yeah, so when they caught me, finally caught me, I was 98 pounds, 20, 24 years old, 98 pounds, withered, battered, broken, done. I was done. And that picture you see on my profile, oh, yeah. I got that from Google. I got that from Google. When I Google my name, a mugshot come up.
1: That's a pretty um, intense picture. When I when I saw you on Clubhouse and I saw that picture and then I read your bio, I was glad that there yeah. was a happy ending and that you were, you know, really trying to make a difference back in the world, but um, yeah. that's a scary picture. From all all shapes, yeah. one, you know, you don't look too healthy. Two, you're scary. And three, um, you're someone's son. And as a father, that yeah. that's what really touched me the most of like that's someone's son. That's like wow
2: yeah you know, so they so, got you what happened, so they caught me, and they put me back in the paper, letting the community know because the whole island I on was on alert when I was bad. Wow, and when they caught me they put they put it on the news, the big catch captured, I think Mitch Roth put that wow. on the news, Hawaii's news, the big catch captured, and they put my picture, and the whole island. Was in a sigh of relief. Yeah, because yeah, that's so much, there's so much terror I brought to these to the, to my community, and everybody could relax for a while.
1: Were you? So you were stealing? Scene.
2: Were you violent? Were you violent towards people? No, okay. no, I wasn't violent, but I I did everything. When people would be eating dinner, I'll be in their room through the window robbing them. Wow! While they having dinner. Wow!
1: That's amazing. and yeah. they don't. You know, most people yeah. in Hawaii, they pretty much are chill. You're on the Big Island. I've been on the Big Island, and
2: you don't really lock yep. the doors. It's just kind of just you like, know, hey, man, it's it's, yeah, it's very laid back, laid back, very laid. So back. I kind of changed that. I kind of changed the mentality when I was bad, wow. and that feeling, that feeling of relief in the community, didn't last too long, because when they took me to the Hilo jail right by my house, I. The first two weeks, I just ate and I slept because there's two things I didn't do when I was high. Right. So two weeks, all I did was eat and sleep. Then I got up, I, I, I started doing push-ups. I started working out. And in a, two months later, I was strong already. I was strong. But I still had that crystal meth urge in my mouth. And so you were cut cold firing. turkey.
1: So you are just like cut cold yep. turkey but it was yeah. knocking on your door like, hey. Knocking hey, on my door. Kyle, come here. So, find yeah. me.
2: Yeah. Okay. And at that time, the jail was packed. Because remember I was telling you that Crystal met epidemic, So the jails was full. Right. So they put me in a room with 40 other inmates with mattresses on the ground. And way up in the ceiling, 40 feet up, there's a little glass skylight for we can get light. And then the addiction was so strong. I looked at one of my friends in there and I said, bro, I'm going to escape. He told me, what? How are you going to escape out of here? I, goes, I told him, you see that window way up there. He said, yep. I'm going to through that window. We're, we're going to make bed sheets. We're going to tie one rope. We're going to lasso that light. I'm going to climb that light. I'm going to broke that window on my elbow. I'm going to squeeze my way through. I'm going to jump on the roof. I'm going to jump off the roof. I'm going to steal me on Toyota truck. And I'm going to get me on crystalline pipe and I'm going to get high. Wow. He told me I don't no believe. He told me I don't no believe. 12 o'clock midnight, the guards came, then count everybody, head count. The, the ACO the guard put his head on the desk and he fell asleep. Plan is now on. Boom, I lassoed the light, climbed the light, climbed the wood to the top, broke the window of my elbow, squeezed through, cut on my back, on the roof, jumped off the roof, ran through, grabbed on Toyota and found Crystal Man.
1: That's incredible. Okay, forty feet yep. up. That's that. Yep. And how long did it take you to get to get that pipe in your mouth?
2: Two hours. Cause I drove to the other side of the island after I stole me that Toyota. Truck. And I was back in the news again. High alert. Escape fugitive. Kyle Sing. Wow. Boom. This time, not only the police got involved, the FBI got involved. Cause I'm an escaped fugitive. Now right. it's a whole new different ball game, bro. Yeah, now I'm not you're not just play- running a mock and.
1: Yeah. yeah, now you're playing yeah. the major leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now
2: I'm playing in the majors, bro. Yeah, not good and not good. So I did plenty desperate things. I was on my escape for twelve days. This oh. is like six high speed chases. What was, like? what was that days, like what nights. was
1: that like? What was that like to and I don't know how coherent you were because you were you were doing the math, but what was that like to know that every time you turned your back, there could be someone standing there
2: ready to take you back in yep. and it, not it in was, a good way. It was not good because they they this blasted me all over. Yeah? Well, because you're not That's getting off the nice. island.
1: There's no way to nope. get off the island.
2: Nope. No. So I would drive on stolen truck all the way to the other side of the island. I would see one person just look at me, one regular person just looking at me, I would think, oh, and if you recognize me from the news. Right. And I would drive back to the other side. So I kept on driving back and fought To the to the dealer's house, got my mat, boom, did some more crimes, bang, boom, 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 boom. And they it was just you? like a whirlwind. How they a catch whirlwind. You? Yep. Yeah. How they get you. So they caught me another high high speed chase, and this time they kind of cornered me in on subdivision. And I jumped over fences and this and ran through on house and and they finally got me wow. again. Wow. They finally got me again. And this escape plays a big role in my in my life. Because before all this happened in my life. Like I said, I never get in trouble my whole life. I never get in trouble, not one time, not even on ticket, bro. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know nothing about prison. I don't know nothing about this. I learned everything from scratch. So now when they caught me, I found out that I'm on high risk inmate now. All the time I do in prison is going to be in a high risk facility. People who kill people, lifers, is high risk because they're not seeing the light of day. So right. they don't care. Right. They're high risk. Yeah. Gang members, gang members that get plenty influence, they high risk because they're going to snap their fingers and this, this gang going to jump. So they put them in high risk. They put me, Kyle Kilow Singh, six times state champ, ranked fourth in the world, golf with Tiger Woods, high risk because I'm an escape fugitive. Mm. So you see, Rob, I, I, my time in prison was not normal, bro. Especially for the first time, Oh no, and I, I, now I look back in my whole life, always looking back now, my time, my life, and I'm grateful I had that escape, because if I never had that escape, I would have went to a normal prison with everybody, I would have got caught up and right I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been where I am today.
1: All right, so did you so get now, released?
2: No, they, they caught me on my escape. They right. took me back to the same jail and escape. They put me in a room. And the next morning, they came to my room. They shackled me from head to toe. My feet were shackled. My hands were shackled. My sh- hands were shackled to my belly with a chain. And they put me on a special plane. And they flew me to this place on Oahu called Halawa Correctional Facility. It's a prison in Oahu. And that prison is nicknamed Thunderdome because all they do in that prison is fight. Wow. The locals get Samoans and Tongans and all these Hawaiian nationalities is, is all together and they all clash and they all fight wow. each other. Yeah, so then they came, they said, Kyle, get ready, we're going. And I don't know nothing now. All I know is I'm an addict. Right. I said, oh, where are you going? He said, bro, you know what? Come, we're gonna put you on, on on a phone call real fast. We like you listen. They put me on speaker phone and they, they call Halava prison and they said, Hey, how's it? We got a guy named Kyle Kilau Singh, we're flying out today, we cannot handle him over here, so we're gonna send him to you guys. And the other end of the phone, I heard a voice say, Kyle, you can hear me. And the guard on my end said, You better answer. I said, Oh yeah, I can hear you. He said, bro, we're going to be waiting for you, bro. Okay, you the punk from Big Island, huh? Eh? We'll get something planned for you, because we'll see you in a little bit, Kyle. And the phone did hang up. Wow. The phone didn't hang up. So they put me on a plane. I landed. They put me in a van with cage, in a cage, in the back of a van, like a dog. Oh, yeah. And they drove me to Halawa Correctional Facility put me in on 7 by 7 cell on the ground floor and I was they put me in this room 7 by 7 not 10 by 10 non standard prison cell 7 by 7 they put me in there and I was looking out the window at freedom I was looking out, the, out looking out the window I see two guards on the outside of the window with paint cans they started painting from the top. Down, black, down, down. Wild is waving at me. All the way down to the bottom. So now I'm looking at a window that is painted black. And I was in that isolation cell for three years, bro.
1: That's a long time.
2: Three. Yeah, I never see one human for three. Those two guards outside painting the windows are the last people I saw, bro. In three years, they fed me to a little trap door. Every morning, four o'clock, when little trap door would open, on plate would slide in. That's breakfast. 10 o'clock, same thing, lunch. 3.30, slide through, dinner. That's one day. I had no books. I had nothing but myself and my sink. That's incredible. I took a bat in my sink. I took a bat in my sink. And in prison, they do anything to you. You in prison, you in prison. Right. And I a punk from Big Island. So they gave me that treatment, bro.
1: I can only they imagine. That. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And as the years went by in isolation, I don't care who you are, Rob. You spend that much time in isolation, things gonna start taking a toll on your mind, bro.
1: Oh, I, I can only imagine. I mean, that's, I can only imagine. Yeah. So- Especially, Go ahead. No, you're there for ten years. No, I
2: was. I'm in isolation right now
1: for three years. But total, you spent ten years. years. You spent ten years in prison, yep. right? That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I gonna get. I gonna get there, Rob. I gonna get there, bro. So three years in isolation. I can see my beard growing on my face. I can see my skin losing its pigmentation because I never feel the sun. And the the voices started getting loud and clear, bro, in my head, yeah so towards my ending of my isolation the voices started coming and one day, this special day, Rob, I woke up boom the first voice I heard in my head was Kyle, you was a six time state champ, you was fourth, ranked fourth in the world yeah. Look where you stay now. Look where you stay now. In a seven by seven isolation cell. Yeah. Rammy hitting the wall, Kyle. Rammy hitting the wall, Kyle. Bruh. Yeah. You're right. Whoever talking to me, you're right. You're right. Cause yeah. I don't be, yeah. I'm backpedal as far as I could. Three steps back. I put my back against the wall and I was ready for lunge forward, three, three steps. And I was going to bust my head in the wall, <laughs> but I couldn't move. Something was pinning me back. Against my wall. No matter how bad I wanted for lunch for it and smashed my head in the wall, I couldn't move, Rob. I couldn't move. And growing up as a child, every good thing was instilled in me except God. God wasn't introduced to me as a child for some apparent reason. But when, when I was being pinned against the wall, images of unsure that I saw as a child started flashing through my head. Images of a man on his knees asking this guy named God for help was flashing through my head, flashing through my head. Yeah? All I did was copy what I saw, Rob. I went down on my knees in my 7 by 7 windowless cell on my knees, and I said, God, my name is Kyle. I'm sorry for everything I did, bro. I need your help, cause. I need your help, bro. Help me, cause. In Hawaii, we call each other cause short for cousin. Mm-hmm. I remember calling God cause and all cause help me, bro. I need help cause help me, bro. Help me, bro. And I instantly felt them, bro. I instantly felt them run to my whole body, bro. That feeling of smashing in my head was gone. And I instantly felt one feeling
0: of comfort to my body, bro. My entire body, bro. And that's when I got saved. Wow. That's when I got saved. So
2: now I look back again, again. And I think to myself, God needed me for being in that place, bro. In that little seven by seven cell. So I turned to him. And I felt that feeling so quick. Which told me that he was waiting for me. For surrender. Because when I surrender wholeheartedly, that's the key, bro. Wholeheartedly. Right. I felt him, bro. I felt them. And that's the day I surrender. That's, and,
1: a, that's a moment of transformation right there.
2: Yeah. And I was I was yearning for some kind of human contact. And before I surrendered, I used to, whenever whenever my food came to me, I used to try to talk. Hello, hello, who's out there? And the thing would close. Right. And then I, I tried a new tactic. I started yelling and swearing at them in hopes they would swear back just so I can hear somebody. That never worked. So after I surrendered and I got saved, the next meal came and I said, hello out there. Anybody out there? I heard one voice, one human voice, Rob, from the other side of the door telling me, what? What you need? What? I was so happy for hear one human voice, and the first thing I did was apologize. I said, "Bro, whoever out there, I'm sorry. I sorry for yelling at you, swearing at you. I just wanted to hear somebody's voice, bro. And I apologize. And I, I I just wanted to ask you something, bro. Whoever out there, if you can, you can bring me on piece paper and on pen, please. I need I need to write something down, bro." And at that time, when I was asking this guy on the other side of the wall, my my in my body, my emotions was just overwhelming, bro. And I needed to write them down how I felt, bro. So I asked, I asked, and he said, I see what I can do. And the trap door went closed. Yeah. The next day, same time, the thing went open. And I heard a voice first. And this voice on the other side of the door told me, Kyle, look under your rice." And the thing went close. I grabbed my food. I put them down. I lift up my rice. And I saw a little Ziploc bag. And it, in this Ziploc bag had a notebook and a little bendable pen, three inches long. And the reason why the pen is three inches long and bendable, so you cannot stab yourself in the neck, is a suicide bendable pen. But I was grateful. And I started writing. And I started writing. And I started writing. You want to hear what I wrote, Rob?
1: Tell me. Tell me what you write.
2: I have a friend, and we're like two peas in a pod. And just so happens, he's an awesome God. I'm thankful for the bond that is shared between us. Please let me take this time to introduce Jesus. My friend I have is like no other, because the relationship we share is closer than a brother. Love and compassion he will never lack. And my friend Jesus will never turn his back. Some things about him you probably heard you can read more about him in the book called The Word. If you open your Bible, you see what I mean. And if you don't believe me, go to John 3, 16. Accept, my friend, to be a savior and watch your life get a whole lot better. He gave sight to the blind and he cured the lame. And he answered your prayers if you pray in his name. He'll clear your path so you won't stumble. And if you ask, any cost, because he's the one that got nailed to the cross. He was ridiculed and tormented and his ways were rejected. But all that changed when he resurrected. Jesus has the power and authority to save. And my very best friend even conquered the grave. Jesus has the ability to heal and mend. And I'm proud to say that he's my friend. So turn from evil and sin no more. And heaven will await you an open door. The glory of God I want people to see so they can experience firsthand what my friend did for me. I don't know nothing about the Bible. I don't know nothing
0: about nothing. All I know is I needed help. And i on my knees and I surrendered to a guy named God. And I got saved. And I got saved.
1: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you got out. When did you get out?
2: How much you got three, out? I, three? I did three three years and two weeks. Wow. In isolation. Wow. So you got out. And the, yeah, know. the day came. The day, the day came, the door went open. And I saw two big guards looking at me. And I was looking at them. Cause I see one human now, two of them right. looking at me. Right. And they told me, Kyle, you're right, bro. I said, Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I think I'm right. He said, Oh, but you know how long you here? I said, How long? Three years and two weeks, bro. Good job. You did it. I was like, Oh, he said, Let's go. I said, Oh, where are we going? Then, shack- as they're shackling me out, they're telling me, Bro, you're going to the high, but you know where's that? I said, Nope, I don't know where's that. He said, bro, this is your first time in prison. I said, this is my first time. And he just did three years and two weeks. I said, oh, I guess so. Bro, you're going to the high custody. That's, that's, bro. All we're going to tell you is hang on, bro. And good luck. That's the advice we're going to give you, Kyle. Okay, shoots. They will escort me, escort me. All the up to one building, high custody building. The whole building is glass. So the ACOs can see inside the building without going in the building. So I standing outside this glass with a big metal door standing outside the high. 179 guys looking at me. My beard is big. My hair is long. My, my skin is lost pigmentation. And they looking at me. And I tell you right now, I couldn't look them back. I couldn't look at these guys back in the eye. You just got to be there for, for see what I'm talking about. But the door went open. This big metal door went slide open. And the guard told me, go couldn't move, bro. I, I was imagine. frozen. Yeah. Fear froze me in my tracks, bro.
1: You think? Yeah. They
2: gave me a nudge. They gave me a little nudge. Boom, I went in. The door went closed behind me. And when that door went closed behind me, that thing went echo the whole building, But Boom. It's a loud echo. And everybody went turn and look at me. Boom. And just that stare from these people, bro. Yeah. So my cell was cell nine. So I, I try to find cell nine, like cell nine. I walk in and I see two, three, four, five. I see nine. I, I go in my cell. Not even one minute into my cell, three guys run into my room, slam the door and beat me up. Bro. They beat me up so bad. They, they kicked out all my front teeth. My two eyes, I couldn't see, swollen shots. Not even one minute, I should laying on my back with all my teeth. Two eyes shot. Yeah. And that was my first minute into high custody prison. And in prison, they did that because they wanted to find out if I was on prayer or if I was on predator. That's what they do. Uh-huh. And when they was beating me up, all I did was cover up because I never did get into a fight in my life. Right. And you know what they found out that day really quick, Rob?
0: That I was on prayer, bro. Yeah. That I was on prayer. That's what they found out real quick. So every day, they would come, they would take my rice, slap my face. They would take my bread. My state issued soap. Every day this is going on. Cause I never do nothing. Right. And at that time, my bunkie—if you go to prison, everybody get on cellmate. We call that one bunkie. And my bunkie, his name was Big Bill. That's my friend. He's on quadruple lifer. He can kill on families set time around on tree and set him on fire. That's, that's
2: my cellmate. And when the doors close at night, you, you talk, you talk, and I share my story with him. And you don't like share your story with too many people.
0: Right. But I confine in my bunking, He taught me plenty about prison and I share my story, how I never get into a fight. And
2: so one day he in prison, you don't get involved bro, in other people's business. You do your own time, bro. There's one thing I learned too. So every day these people would come to my room, they'd beat me up, take what they can. And then one day my bunkie got so fed up, bro. Not with the people though, with me. Right. He called me into the room, he shut the door. He told me, sit down, Kyle. I did sit down.
0: And Big Bill is big, bro. He's a big man. He said, sit down, Kyle. I sit down and he slapped my face as hard as he could, bro. Bah! and he said, Kyle, I cannot see these people doing this to you, bro. You got to fight cause. Okay. Remember where you stay, Kyle. Remember where you stay. You're in prison. And he'd slap me again. And he said, you understand me? I said, I understand. Fight, bro. Fight, Kyle. And that was his advice. Two slaps in the face, remember why it's there, and fight. Yeah. So the next day came, somebody came for um to take my bread. I remember where I was. I was saved by God, but I had to do what I had to do. I caught a guy into my room because that's where you fight, in your room. I had my first physical altercation, I beat him up because I wasn't fighting for my bread. I was fighting for my life. Right. And that wasn't the last time I got into one fight. I just had to fight. I had to become someone that I wasn't. I had to reverse everything that was instilled in me. Reverse. And I had to do what I had to do. And God is good. Yeah. God is good, Rob.
1: Absolutely. So please, yep. Kyle, tell me, when you got out, I wanna hear you walking out those doors. I'm 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 crying here. When did you you got you got out, right?
2: Yeah, well almost I almost there. I almost there. I gotta share with you this important part of my of my journey. In prison, you you fight, you train to fight, or you gamble and you play cards. That's what you do in prison. So I Paul fight for the morning, I Paul train for fight. So now I playing cards. With my friend, he no teeth. I no teeth. I covered the tattoos. He covered the tattoos. And that's what we're doing now. We are playing cards. On the side of us, six guys raping one guy, and this grown man is screaming at the tongue at the at the top of his lungs for help, help, help! Screaming like on, like on girl. His voice came high pitched screams. Help! And in prison, you, you don't get involved. Like I said, maybe that guy did something wrong to somebody's mom. Maybe that guy getting raped when molest somebody's daughter. And he paying his dues now. That's why you don't get involved. So this guy getting raped by six guys, bro. Yelling for help. I glance around the whole pod. Nobody even paying attention to what's going on. Guys watching football, gambling, guys exercising around. And nobody even paying attention. But the thing is bothering me because I've been raised to help, bro. I've been raised, if you see somebody's car on the side of the road and they're pushing, you stop your car and you help push through. You see one old lady in a supermarket getting a hard time carrying her bag, you help her carry on, bro. That's how I was raised. So as this guy getting yelling for help, I got to reverse what was instilled in me. And I cannot help. But I cannot just sit there and do anything because that thing is bothering me because that's not normal. What's going on? But in there, that's normal. So I tell my friend I'm playing cards with, I come right back, I'm going to use the bathroom. Oh yeah, go ahead. I go to my cell, I close my door, I take on super big breath, and I compose myself. <sighs> and I tell myself, Kyle, stay humble, bro. You get six years left. This is temporary. This is not your home. I'm reminding myself. I drop to my knees and I pray. Father God, thank you for the beautiful day. Please bless me and protect me. Amen. Stay humble, prayer. That's the first time I ever did stay humble, prayer in my life. Stay humble, prayer. Stay humble, prayer. I watching a movie once a week. They play a movie. A guy gets stabbed in his neck, blood shooting all over. Guy's not even paying attention to the guy choking on his blood. I gotta leave. I walk to my cell. I close the door. Kyle, stay humble, bro. This prison is temporary. This is not your home. You get four years left, bro. Stay humble up to my knees. Boom. Father God, thank you for on a beautiful day. Please bless me and protect me. Amen. Stay humble, prayer. Stay humble, prayer. You know how much times I did that, Rob? Stay humble, pray. I bet a lot. I can't even. A lot, bro. A lot. So now we can talk about release. Okay. So now my time, it came. Yeah. I forgot to tell you, I was in Arizona by then. They flew me to Arizona. If you get sentenced to 10 years and above, they fly you from Hawaii to Arizona to one special prison built for us Polynesians because they're not like us in a regular prison in the mainland because we're going to click up and we're going to terrorize the whole prison. Wow. So they keep us Polynesians together, bro. Yeah, so we fight amongst ourselves. So the day came, they came to my cell, they said, Kyle, in one week you're going back home to Hawaii, you release. That was the happiest time of my life, bro. I, first thing I did was drop to my knees. Thank you, Father God, for helping me for introducing me to you and me to you. And thank you, Father God. Thank you. I give glory where glory is due. Yeah. They put me on a plane. They flew me back to Hawaii. They took me back to the place I once escaped from. And they put me in a waiting room. And I'm waiting for my mom. I'm waiting for my mom. When I went to prison, I had no tattoos. I covered from head to toe. When I went to prison, I had all my teeth. I all my front teeth gone. And I'm in a waiting room now. Waiting for my mom. Yeah. i waiting outside. I see my mom's van pull up. I told the guard behind me, bro, open the door. my He said, bro, Kyle, you got to wait. About two o'clock, you can leave. Right now it's 1.58. I said, bro, open the door. He told me, Kyle, if you can do 10 years in prison, you can wait two minutes, bro. I look back at him and I said, you're right. Let me know when I can leave. Oh, you said, Kyle, you ready? He gave me a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, the door and buzz open and run out to the parking lot. Boom. I look at my mom. My mom looked at me. We hug and we embrace. She'd stop hugging me. She'd let me go. She'd look back. The first thing she'd look at me, she said, son, what happened to your teeth?
0: <laughs>
2: I smile at her. I said, What? What happened to your teeth, son? She started rubbing my arms, trying, trying to see if she can erase my tattoos. And she was like, son. I said, ma, i I home because L- let's go. Let's go, ma. We jump in a van. We started driving up the road to my house. The AC was on. I reach over and turn off the AC. I rolled on my window and I said, ma, I tired, feel AC. I like feel fresh air. I stick my head out the window like a dog and I was tasting freedom. <laughs> and you know what, Rob? That taste in my mouth was the best taste. I ever did taste freedom,
1: bro. I can only imagine freedom. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I free and I free.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. I, I can only imagine what it is like for you to have these conversations. So you have just transformed your life in so many ways. And Kyle, I'm, my God, I'm crying, crying with you, man. I, I just can't mm. thank you enough for being so open and so raw and sharing your story. Thank you so much for being yeah. on Life Transformation Radio.
2: But we gotta we gotta get on part two, because that's only half of my story, Rob. So whenever you're ready for the redemption now.
1: Oh yeah, well, I'm gonna have to have you come back time. for another redemption show. It's the redemption bro, show with Kyle that,
2: Keela that, Singh. <laughs> that was only that story I just told you, Rob. That was that story of my life. is just an appetizer.
1: Yeah, well, I can only handle so much. I was like, whoa. That was a lot. Right, oh, so I when, can't you, imagine. When you're
2: ready, when you're ready for the finale, bro. The finale. doing today. All right. You know how God used me. You let me know and we continue this story, bro.
1: We will. I think you have inspired so many people. Um, I have the, the links to check out Kyle on the web. You can see everything that he's doing. And really, thank you, Kyle, for being here. It really thank you, brother, has brother. been amazing. Aloha, my brother. Hey, and Aloha, thank you. Brother. So much for all of your support and take the time of your busy and precious day to listen to Life Transformation Radio. We so, so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me, along with my very special guest, Kyle Kilo Singh, to touch your heart, move your soul, make you cry, inspire you to live a life of transformation. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time.
0: This is... Is Life Transformation Radio. Download complete.